Welcome to Get the Facts Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, where we share factual information to the citizens of Jack County. And I'm your host. Of course, I thought I almost had this down and then I goofed it up. That's what, do I read it or do I just do it by memory? Gosh, this is horrible. Anyway, I'm your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys. I think I know that part of it, but anyway. And to my right, our sound engineer, the guy that puts it all together and makes it work, the new granddaddy. Hey. Papa. <laughs> Grampy. Gramp- what, it's oh, Grampy. You're Grampy. Grampy. That, maybe that's what it was. Do, what do they call you, Frank? Yes. You are Grampy. I have, I have two grandsons. The first two called me call me uh, Dada, and then the yeah. rest of the grandkids have all called me Grampy so far. Well, see, so I don't I'm know a, what this one is going to be. I'm a Dada, and at first, I see, I wanted to be Puddin', mm-hmm. you know. Nana and Puddin'. Puddin'? Yeah. Well, it was Cracker. And I didn't think Cracker was. That is not appropriate. Don't say that. Of course, I think that was my kids kind of put me up to it. But I could do with Pudding. But I, I can't so, tell so you. So Grampy. I, I can't. Because I think it was supposed to be in Papa. And I can't tell you what Eli first way it first sounded when it came out. Because we are on the air. And it didn't sound right. Oh, yeah. So then it got spot. I, I think we need to tweak <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, we need to tweak this bit. one just a little bit. So it ended up coming out Dada. Uh-huh. And, um, and then so Alex picked that up. And that's what he's called me. And then um, Kirby and Katie's little girl called me Grampy. And oh. uh, so. Grampy's Grampy, stuck then. Grampy has stuck with her. And so uh, that's their new one, which is just a few, just about a, a month f- old. Yeah. Really, just December time yeah, frame. you've been making some tricks, trips, trips out to El Paso. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that one will be Grampy. And then this one with Rebecca and, and uh, Jonathan, her name is, is uh, uh, Abigail. Abigail. And they'll call her Abby, I think. Abby. That's a beautiful name. It's a pretty name. But um, – yeah, so just a few just, minutes ago. Just, yeah, like I mean, we're less within, than 10 minutes. Yeah, we're just within a few minutes. We knew that um, that we were going to have a new grandchild today. Mm-hmm. And just a few minutes ago, as we were downstairs preparing for the podcast, uh, Frank got on the intercom and said, uh, attention in the courthouse. Yeah, we <laughs> have a PA. new grandbaby. We have a new baby. Yeah. Oh, I love it. In you. the courthouse. Have you ever been in the hospital when they play the lullaby? Down. And I love that. Of course, we've I've spent a lot of time in hospitals, it seems like, over the last 10, 12 years with my son. But every time that a baby is born, they play um, a little lullaby, lullaby to let you know that there was a, a new child born. And mm. So I wonder if F- FCH does that. Was, I'm, not, I'm not for sure. Was Abby born at FCH? Yes. I have Good. to give a plug-in for, for Faith Community. and they, they Who's a the physician? S- the staff... Uh, Dr. Johnson. Dr. Johnson, good. And uh, so the staff and and all the nurses, very personable. Oh, yeah. And uh, they do a fantastic job out there and and, uh, just, they pamper you. They pamper the mama. Grampy. And, uh, yeah. So they asked me, they said, well, what are you doing up here? And I'm like, well, some of us have to work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I I get to, and and I I get the benefit of keeping little brother for a little bit yeah. and we get to go run up and down the stairs and you know and play play yeah because i'm telling you the jack county courthouse is awesome and cool. it is and i have grandkids and they love to run and scream and holler because they can holler in the foyer and stuff 
and it sounds like they're really big. Right. And they can, you know what, because I'm the county judge, they can do that. Right. <laughs> well, they like, Alex likes coming up here because the fact he's just part of the, he's part of the courthouse now. Yeah. And you walk into any office. Yeah, we all know You him. are all, he's going to get spoiled. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way it is with every kid around here that sure. comes in here. So Yeah, we got candy in our drawers mm-hmm. and, and trinkets and gifts. And I'll be honest with you, I have, I'll tell you, I have uh, gummy, I got uh, gummy reindeer leftover from Christmas, uh, like Santa Claus and gummy reindeers in my top left drawer. And then I have candy cane uh, in the shape of candy cane. I have M&M's. So I, st- I still got some good stuff. I so mean, any, kid that, any kid that hears from us now, come to the judge's come office. Come and I will make something happen. Yeah, don't eat that adult yeah, don't stuff, eat the, the peppermint, yeah. you know, that throwdown stuff. The judge has good stuff in his top left desk drawer. Just That's know, exactly right. Yeah, my secret's out now. So yeah. You know, I did that a couple of years ago because we did a funny thing for Christmas is, is, is uh, you know, the courthouse has a inside, outside and inside Christmas tree. But what we did was is we, we hid the pickle. Mm-hmm. And we, we have the, uh, can you find the green pickle on, the, uh, on our courthouse Christmas tree? Internally, on the inside yeah, tree. on the inside tree. And if you found that, you could come into my office, you know, mm-hmm. and ask for a prize. And we had all sorts of, I had all sorts of things in my, uh, my desk drawer. Kids came by and they would try to find the pickle. They would be successful, and then we'd give them something special. Are you like the principal at the school that you also have a big drawer you open up, and it's everything that's been confiscated? Down Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got pocket knives, switchblades, yeah. brass knuckles, <laughs> all sorts of paraphernalia. That's it. Oh, 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 wrong door, wrong, wrong drawer. Yeah, not that one. Not, not that, that one. one this one. Yeah. yeah, it's like the treasure chest whenever you went to the dentist. And it's like, oh. I always had a problem with that because you know. Why would the dentist give you additional candy after he just worked your kid's mouth over? And I noticed they would get to go to the candy mm-hmm. treasure chest. I'm thinking, there's something fundamentally flawed about this. <laughs> it's called job security. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly right. what it was. That's, that's exactly that's right. That's an investment in this dentistry uh, <laughs> office. What a crock. So, anyway, well, Come congratulations. On back. Well, thank you. We're, uh, uh, we're on cloud nine, I'll tell you. So, this is that's number five number grandchild? Number five grandchild for Christina and I. That is and, so uh, cool. That You know what? Life you know, just keeps getting better. Oh, it does. I tell so many Even through everything this. that goes on, you know, yeah. you just, a new baby just changes. It does. A, outlook of every life. It, it does. Grandkids too. I, you know, I love my kids and I'm kind of that fun father that I still love my kids. I mean, I love my mm-hmm. grandkids, but my grand, my kids are my kids. You know, I will tell grandkids just make it a little bit better or it's a new spark. Right. Especially we're just coming out of the holidays. It, it makes it better. Right. It just makes it fun. Congratulations. So, well, we're excited you. for you. We are. We are we're just uh, think as soon as we're done with this podcast, you'll be going out we'll to be, the hospital and we'll doing be flying. some so baby they, love. They were, worried about, they were worried about whether or not the doctor was going to make it. Yeah. So, oh, uh, that's not a good <laughs> thing. That's not a good thing. So nurses are scrambling, and finally I call, and I said, uh, do I need to go give an escort to yeah. a doctor, mm-hmm. get him to where he didn't have to stop at stop signs? or We can get him at the county line. Can, <laughs> yeah. Him right you up. get him to Jack County, I can get him to the hospital. So. We got a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he got there just in time. Well, that's exciting. Uh, everything, everything worked worked really nice. That's good. That's good. Well, we got our special guest today. 
I wanted to do something a little bit different, and uh, I had the opportunity to meet Tim Buffington uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, Tim, I'll be honest with you, um, takes takes a pretty high bar to impress me, especially uh, when you come to commissioner's court. And probably the first or second time I've, I've met you, I thought, you know, I kind of like this guy. He is He's the right kind of guy that I'm looking to attract or – to establish a relationship with the County of Jack. And so uh, Tim is um, a developer and uh, a project manager as well, or coordinator. Uh, Currently, he is developing the Double B Ranch Estates in the southeast part of Jack County. And just kind of our listeners to kind of have their bearings, um, if you know where DPS Tower Road is and 2210, south Mm -hmm. of 2210, uh, just right there at the north side of DPS Tower Road. That's in Precinct 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commissioner Darren Francis first met with you, Tim. Yep, yep. I, I, and I will tell you, um, just to give a shout-out uh, to Commissioner Francis, you know, the first thing we kind of brace up just a little bit, and he says, hey, he said, you know, I've got a developer that's called me, and I think we've got a new project going in in the southeast part of Jack County. And, he, and I said, well, what do you think? He goes, I think – I, th- I think we're going to be okay. He said, this guy's the right kind. He said, he's, he's done everything that he said he was going to do. We've had good communication. He said, these are the type of individuals that we hope that sees Jack County as a vision and future growth. So Tim, Hey, thanks for being willing to come and, and being part of our uh, podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And that's uh, some really kind words and probably the best introduction I've had in a long time. Uh, <laughs> in fact, if you could go to the house and say a few of those kind words, it'd probably be very helpful. <laughs> you might get supper tonight, yeah, right? No yeah. It goes my, a long way. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a comfortable couch for a reason. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Tim, how long have you how, how long have you been in this developing this project manager role how how do you even start in in being a developer how do well, you get there <laughs> that's an excellent question and 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 one i'm not real sure i have an answer to it it's like so many things you kind of wake up one day and you are one yeah uh, i know how that but, is uh, yeah. now i grew up uh farming with my dad and uh he did uh both farming for himself and did uh some farm management developed some farms for other people and so kind of had a little background in putting work ground to work, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, went into law school and worked in a, a land use firm. Um, and, um, out of that had the opportunity to work on a development. Um, and that opportunity led to, uh, one here and kind of one day I woke up and realized, uh, this is kind of what I do. Yeah. Um, and so we've done projects, um, Johnson County, Parker County. We're working here in Jack County now. Um, mostly residential. We've done some light industrial projects and commercial projects, but it's, it's kind of evolved, um, over time. Um, and it's, it's been very enjoyable. So we, we do, I do projects both for myself and for a group of partners that work with me where we'll come in, acquire land, develop the project. Uh, but I've also had the opportunity, um, especially with the growth that we've seen in the last few years, uh, with people that own, uh, you know, have land, have historical land, and have decided, you know, what, what do we do with it and how do we develop it in a way that would be commensurate, something they'd be proud to have. Sure. And, you know, how, how do we navigate the hoops? And so it's it's kind of one of those things just through 
backed into it where I've got to meet some really neat people, develop some people's lands, worked with landowners to help them develop into a vision that they, they kind of had. And one thing's led to another, and it's kind of become a calling. And then, it's, it's and something then, I enjoy. And then here you are. You yeah. know, it's one of those things I love what you your comment is, is, you know, hey, I I just kind of started doing this, and the next thing you know, I had another opportunity, and I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you enjoy what you're doing, it's not work. And then you look up, and guys, I know, Frank, you've been the same thing. Uh, next thing you know, 10, 15 years has gone by, and you go, you know, I, yeah. I've really yeah. had fun, yeah. and I I love what I do. And yeah. so so how did you um, – you've got several subdivisions going on in Parker County right now. Uh, yes, that's correct. So we've, we uh, just finished one um, there just outside of Peaster. Right. Um, and then we've got a couple going uh, south of Weatherford right now. Uh, that we've developed down there, and those those are mostly your suburban type uh, projects, two to ten acre lot kind of deals. Sure, um, but yeah, we've got some going down there, and then uh, we're now um, about to start one south of Agnes, um, right on kind of the Parker Wise County line. Right, and then we're working on this one um, in Jack County. Right, um, what what um, in those subdivisions? Mm-hmm. What do you see? is the typical client that are, are they from the Dallas Fort Worth area and just kind of want to move out a little bit, or are they from out of state and said, Hey, we just want to move from Texas. Yeah. What, what do you, what are you seeing? Not just in this subdivision in Jack County, the, mm-hmm. the double B, but what are you seeing? What is driving the desire to, to, to come to these more, rural communities you know it's really interesting we've seen um, a real change so um, years ago you would see a lot of people if if you were building something in parker county it would be people in weatherford right uh, by and large sure always exceptions and then you started seeing you know people in fort worth and what have you want to get a little bit out of town uh but about oh plus or minus three ish years ago uh, we started really seeing, um, for lack of a better word, fleeing the city, uh, yeah. where, you know, there was, we, you know, if you think back, there was some some disorder and chaos around the country. This was pre-pandemic. And uh, there was a lot of people that kind of scratched their head and said, you know, it would be nice to not be right in the heart of the thick of this. And and I think nationwide, we've seen some demographic change of people leaving the urban centers and looking for for a little bit more simple life, a little bit more room, um, a little better place. And so suddenly we're seeing people coming from Fort Worth, from Dallas even, um, looking looking for land this way. And then in this last year and a half, two years of craziness that, that all the pandemic and hoorah has, has been, we've seen a real influx of people from literally yeah. all over the country. Um, so we're seeing... Uh, people come and buy land, houses, literally sight unseen. Um, we, that, that blows my mind. Right. It's, 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 ins- I mean, we, I watched it happen in uh, Dry Creek, which was the subdivision there we did in, in Peaster. Um, super nice couple. They, they, in fact, they, 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 they refer to themselves as uh, the last Republican refugees from Seattle. <laughs> um, but, and they fled. And they, and fled. they came to Texas. And they fled. Dog. Uh, but the, the way they purchased their lot is their realtor came out to the lot, called them on FaceTime, showed the phone, here's, here's your lot, here's the trees, this is what it looks like. And they said, yes, we'll take it. We'll be there in six weeks. 
bought no, it sight unseen. Sight unseen. And it's, that's a little bit of an extreme, but we are seeing a number of people who are coming to Texas because Texas represents um, a little bit more freedom, right. more opportunity. Uh, we're seeing businesses relocate here, and those people are looking for what I'm going to say the United States used to be. Right. Um, where, you know, there's a sense of community, there's a sense of pride, there's a sense of we can do this um, and to get out of the craziness. And so yeah. we're, we're seeing a lot of people quasi like that that are that are looking for a little bit of the Texas dream and yeah. what we represent. And we're still affordable. I mean, I, you know, I was in the mortgage industry for over 20 years mm-hmm. and I would we would do mortgages all over the United States. And we would see the home values, let's say, on the West Coast or the Northeast Coast. And you can sell a very simple, modest home on the West Coast, and you can buy a mansion in Texas. I mean, a very, very nice house. Yes. But then I've also seen the other part where people bought mansions or very large homes, but they couldn't furnish them and they couldn't (laughs) do anything else with them. So, I mean, we would... Or they would do the entry and the stuff that they would entertain in. So I've I've seen it pretty much from one spectrum to the other. Mm-hmm. But I love the way that you said people are they I'm not gonna say they're fleeing, but they are attracted to Texas because it is a better way of life. It's a slower pace and we still have those American values and we have those Texas values. That's, I think that's I think that's absolutely right. Um, and and there's a large percentage of people, whether they recognize it as that or not, that that are, are highly desirous of that. They they want to uh, be able to go to have a home. They want to be able to go to church. They want to be able to have values. They want to think if they choose to start a business that they have a reasonable chance of success at doing so. And that. Texas has always had a can-do attitude. There was no challenge that that we historically have not wanted to live up to and take on. Um, and that's a little bit of something that people admire and aspire to. And I think, I think um, that ethos drives a lot of the reason that, that people come here. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I like, and Frank, I know you're the same. Well, I feel good whenever somebody else succeeds. I, it yeah, makes absolutely. me feel good. And, and I teach my kids that. Don't be critical and don't. Well, if they can succeed, that means you can succeed. That's exactly there's a, right. There's a benefit behind that. And, 100%. And, you know, it, and so it, it helps them a lot to see that that method work forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's healthy. And in you the learn from them, you know, hey, what did they do wrong or what did they do right that will benefit me? Yeah. And so you get a chance to watch somebody through their success. One of my favorite sayings is all boats rise at high tides. And, you know, I had a, uh, back whenever uh, we had a leader uh, who was a manager of Wells Fargo, and he was over in our world for a little bit at uh, Countrywide and Bank of America. And his favorite words were is that all ships rise during high tide. And it took me forever to figure out what the heck does he mean by that. But you know what? Whenever I do good, you mm-hmm. do good. And it's the same thing. And I, I think, Tim, honestly – I think that's some that's the best summary of what my first impression were from you because you know whenever you think of developer you think of somebody that just wants to get in and get out and make the most amount of money possible and that wasn't your style. I mean you 
you live in Parker County. You live in that area. You live in a subdivision that you were a part of, or at least a project mm-hmm. manager. And um, you've got buy into this. You want these projects to be equally successful. And and why is that? What what's that driving force? Well, it's it's absolutely that is is I, I mean I look at this as home. Um, I don't plan on moving anywhere anytime soon. Um, and it's there's you know there's a certain part of this is obviously we all all do things and you know hope that they're economically beneficial to ourselves. Uh, but there is a real something to starting with um, a piece of ground, um, figuring out how you can lay out something that is going to make a real nice place for someone to live, um, navigate the process, build the project, sell that to a homeowner, and drive back a year from now, two years from now, and you see there's a family having a start. They're raising kids. They've started a thing. And you kind of look back and you drive away and you know – it's kind of cool to know that I had a little tiny piece of that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, you know, I want each of these projects to be a community that I'd live in. Sure. Um, it's, I live here, plan on living here. My business is here. My family's here. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very small world as we all know. And um, so it's, it's important that every project be something that, that you can be proud of. Um, I agree. And fortunately been real fortunate to meet, um, and kind of develop a, a team of people that we kind of go project to project together and it's good to work with them. And that's one of the things, and, and this is not being anything other than what it is. It was very, very refreshing when I came up to Jack County the first time and walk into the courthouse and say, here's my application. Here's my check. Where do I go? What do I do? And two or three, maybe even four of your ladies it was like going home to grandma's house. They grabbed me by the arm and took me down to the hall. Come yeah. on, sweetheart. You come, come over, over here. here. Yeah. Let me show you where this is. And, oh, she can't do that. Well, here, come down here, and we'll get this took care of. And, I mean, it was like old home week, and this was the first time I'd ever met these ladies. Yeah. And it was fantastic to see a group of people who were about, one, being Mormon friendly, but, but two, how can we help? How yeah. can how can we all be a part of this and, and take care of things and, and make things happen? And you can see that. Here in the courthouse, as you walk around, people are friendly, but they're they're also focused on how, how can we help each other and make this a good environment. And that's really refreshing to come into an environment, especially a government environment, where that's the attitude. I um, love that. And it's it's something that, that y'all should be very, very proud of, that you've developed that culture and fostered that culture. And it, it makes it um, a lot of fun for someone like me to come in and, and get to experience that. Yeah. That's good. And Frank, you know what? We work hard on that. We do. I mean, we we work hard on having that inviting, that welcoming attitude because we want people to come. We want the right people to come to Jack County. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. say that very cautiously. We want to be attractive to the right group mm-hmm. uh, because we do have a vision and mm-hmm. we we have a plan in place, a strategic plan. And I feel like you've got to be attractive you do. Uh, whenever people come in and. We want to we want to see growth, sure, and we want to see that growth, but we want to see it done right. Mm-hmm. And you only get one opportunity to make it happen. Yeah. Well, and, no, and I, the right way to make it happen is first of all, you've got to be welcoming, mm-hmm. because to get a good person in, you've got to be welcoming to them, and they they've got to be able to see you that hey, I'm not going to find a roadblock here. I'm gonna. Well, that and and I was I was excited to see that y'all have started putting an infrastructure in place ahead of the growth curve instead of trying to f- fix it 
after it's occurred. Right. So, I mean, uh, the new ordinances you've put in, the, the thought going into infrastructure, water development, what type of development, what type of things you want into it, you're laying that groundwork so that you have quality development comes in that's done in a, in a, in a, in a, a thoughtful manner. Um, and you get the type of development that you that you want and is sustainable long term. Um, so it's good to see that y'all are getting ahead of the curve instead of, like I say, trying to come back yep. around the backside and figure it out. It's taken us a while, but we've we are really good as a county to react. We are very responsive. Um, we can put the call out and our community responds. One of the things that we are working towards is to still take that positive attitude and then we are very pro- we're trying to be more proactive mm-hmm. and and that's something that leadership is really working we we work on on a daily basis is to try to change hats from being reactive and we're great at reacting we mm-hmm. are super good and being much more proactive but having that same that same spirit mm-hmm. so let me ask you tim what what do you look at whenever you uh, first put eyes on a track of land, or or let's let's just go ahead and say if we have a listener that has that owns land and says, you know, I've been thinking about possibly um, developing this track of land, uh, a section of it or an mm-hmm. area of it. Uh, you know, you also you also will do that. You're mm-hmm. a project coordinator. You can give. Um, expertise in that area mm-hmm. but what do you look for what what makes a good track of land dividable yeah and and we do we both buy land and develop it ourselves and or especially in the last few years had the opportunity to work with a number of landowners and actually help them through the process um, of getting through all the hoops but you know really when you come to a piece of land um, and this uh, my partner always kicks me in the ribs and says, you're being artsy fartsy. <laughs> I, I said, you know, really the land will tell you how to develop it. It has natural topography. It's, you know, every track of land has got pieces of it that make it special right. and pieces of it that you wish it didn't have. Correct. Um, so there's, there's good and bad in every track, but it's, you know, okay, so how do you do a layout? How do you develop it? What type of project will fit on that particular land? And some of it is nuts and bolts. It's, location, what's the market is, you know, is it economically viable at all? Sometimes it isn't. Uh, But uh, really you look at, you know, how, what's the topography of the land? um, What's the beauty of the land? What's the location of the land? And then you start getting into the, the nuts and bolts parts of it. Is, is there water? Is there road? What kind of infrastructure? Is there any kind of offsite? Is there any government issues, good, bad, or indifferent um, to deal with? Uh, the presence or not of water systems or mm-hmm. other things. So then it gets into the into the nitty gritty of it. But really, when you when you boil it down, you're looking for what type of project is going to fit with the neighborhood, the community, and the individual tract itself. And so that's kind of where you start. And then you say. You know, does does it make sense? Does it, yeah. is today the day that this project needs to happen, or does this need to wait, or are we behind the curve? Should have done this yesterday. Oh yeah. Uh, um, and so it's 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 there's a there's an art and a science, and it's a balance of those. Two and it's really. a balance. Uh, one of the things that you know we are considering, and one thing I'm very concerned with is our groundwater. Mm-hmm. And so you know, um, especially in Jack County, Palo, uh, Palo Pinto, Parker County, Wise County. We all have the same problem, but maybe a little bit different, is 
you know, we have an obligation to protect our groundwater. And we don't have a tremendous amount of groundwater. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially we have to kind of take steps to protect what we have. And so um, I've found that a lot of people coming to our community, they see a piece of land, they fall in love with it, and they never consider the importance of whether or not that property has water. And so how does that play, you know, what? how does that affect your uh, thought process whenever you look at a development? Well, and we've had the opportunity to visit just a little bit about this, but um, truthfully, Water is probably the primary long-term issue for all of North Texas. Um, there's a finite amount of it, however much there is, um, and we keep putting more and more straws in the glass. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, um, you, you have to use do that in some sort of an intelligent manner or you eventually run out, however much of it is. Um, so, you know, we've, we've seen an, a number of different um, – methodologies uh, to, to tackle that problem. So some counties have looked at minimum track size so that you have a minimum density. Um, the challenge is even when you do that, and, and this is no knock against someone who's used to live in town and is now in the country, but you know what we're seeing in Parker County is um, people normally in a house in a subdivision in Fort Worth or wherever, um, they have their house, and everything that's not house is planted in grass, and you water the grass. Correct. And if you've got a 7,000-foot lot, okay, that's not that much water. But if you take that same ethos and apply it on a one-acre lot, two-acre lot, however large your lot is, suddenly you've got Parker County's one big lawn, mm-hmm. and grass takes a huge amount of water to Too keep bad. green. I mean, it gets warm in Texas in the summer, believe it or not. Um, so the question is, is how do you put a, a – a way to manage that um, that controls the amount of water that's pumped. And a lot of that really boils down to economics. Um, So in town, you may limit the amount of water you put on your grass because your water bill gets high. But if you're on two acres with a water well, the cost of your electricity to pump that water is almost free. So there's no, so how do, how do we do that? So in, in a, a, a looking forward standpoint, um, there's a number of different ways that people have looked at doing it. So do you put a, some flavor of a meter on a well, or is there a way that you can put an economic um, cost that represents the true value of the water to it? Um, there's a number of different theories. Um, I think one way that is going to balance the affordability of your home, uh, because if we make, for example, if you said we we're going to have a minimum track size of five acres to, to minimize the density, the challenge then is the homes become unaffordable. Because mm-hmm. you've still got the land, you've now got five acres worth of road in front of your house instead of X number of feet of road. So suddenly all the houses are a million dollars, and right. believe it or not, some of us can't afford a million dollar house. That's exactly right. So, you know, how do you how do you balance that? So what we've seen happen successfully is in some communities they've put in um, a water system, a private water system. So rather than having 100 houses with 100 wells, you have a single well. You're on a water line, and then it's metered. And then so for every however many thousand or 10,000 gallons, you pay a fee. And if you want to keep your two acres green, 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 you're going to pay a big cost. That's right. But what that does is there's an economic incentive to be responsible with your water. And the water use will go down drastically, and that same finite amount of water now supports a whole lot more people and protects all of our our resources. So 
all of these things, there's, there's a number of different ways, but really the end of the day, there's got to be a way for whoever uses the water to pair a, an economic value of that water. Yeah. Um, it's almost yeah. like the argument for a consumption tax. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're, yeah. they're, we don't like that, and that's mm-hmm. not something that I per se promote, but it's almost that theory that, you know, those that use it should actually pay for it. Pay for it. Mm-hmm. If those that don't use it, maybe they shouldn't bear all that burden on that. So, I don't know, just a, just a yeah. unique it's, concept. And, and it's, a, it's a challenge that, that we're going to face uh, because it, there is – uh, we are going to see continued growth and water is finite. And especially as you move West, it's, it's a much, it's, it's much more finite. <laughs> it's a more special commodity yeah. for sure. Isn't yeah. it? Uh, well, and, and now you could see why I like Tim because you know, the way leaders should be is we should surround ourselves with people that are smarter than us mm-hmm. and that are experts and that have experienced this. So I, I never want to be in a position that I think I got all the answers. But my job and what I learned at school was to go to the source, source. that's accurate and more knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, that's a tremendous value that I see in our friendship, Tim, is that you can, you can become an advisor or a source of expertise to our commissioner's court, uh, to our emergency management in the mm-hmm. future, I, I mean, because you've experienced other ways of doing things and you can tell me what doesn't work and what works wonderfully. Right. I mean, where did we lose that concept somewhere in life? Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'm hoping that smart guy will show up here anytime <laughs> now. But <laughs> Well, it falls back into that same question. So as a developer, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming you have your, you have your people that come in to build behind you. Mm-hmm. So you already have that group of people that's already established that you've trusted mm-hmm. through your developments. You know, you don't have, there's no reinventing the wheel on who can build no. into your developments. Yeah. For, for, fortunately, that's, that's correct. We've, we've, we've been able to build relationships with a number of really quality people um, right. who do good work. And whether that's uh, the, the contractors we use to build the subdivision, um, a network of builders um, and individual realtors uh, that we've used um, who kind of understand what kind of a quality product that, that we're striving to do. Right. And uh, fortunately, um, that's been successful. Um, so, yeah, we've been, we've been very fortunate in that regard. Good. Well, along those same lines, one of the questions, and it was a tough question, and, and Historically, we're a little um, resistant to change. We um, we we have to push ourselves to get out of our comfort zone. But one of the things that your subdivisions will offer uh, will be chip and sealed roads. They'll be a all weather road, mm-hmm. um, something that has dust control. Um, that was a little bit outside of our comfort zone. Whenever we had conversations with our commissioner's court. I made you aware in some of our conversations, we have no paving equipment. Mm-hmm. Now, the city of Jacksboro is embracing it and is moving forward with their expertise in, the, in chip and seal and all-weather roads and surface. But mm-hmm. historically, Jack County, we have motor graders. And, but that's why this isn't your first endeavor. You have experts that build a quality road. Mm-hmm. And they come in and they put something in that's going to last 
10, 15 years and something that can be repairable. So tell us a little bit about your infrastructure, what you do and, and how you, you maintain those type of, 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 I don't know the extras that's in your subdivision. Yeah. Well, that's that I think it is important. And, and that's one thing that, you know, when we try to build these, we try to build something that's going to be here, not just today, but for, for a long time. And I think that's what, um, many entities, whether you're talking about the developer, the County, the city, um, has discovered is that, you know, while, uh, a road such as, as we're talking about here, which, uh, you know, you come in, you make sure the, the soil is the right type. You put in um, eight inches of base. You put a two-shot two chip-and-seal surface that makes it an all-weather road. Is Although that's more expensive on the front end, your long-term costs are much, much, much lower. Right. Um, your maintenance is significantly less. Rather than grading it every month, six months, quarter, whatever that schedule needs to be, that road's, for all intents and purposes, done for the next 10, 15 years. Correct. So if you, you multiply that by 15, uh, overall, it's it's way a better economic proposition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's it brings value to the citizens in that, you know, dirt and gravel and dust is, it's it's hard on cars. It and is. It's, you know, hard on swimming pools. And, I mean, it's, it's so there's, there's an advantage to it. And, you know, what many or we've seen many places do is it may not make sense for them to own the equipment uh, for, for maintenance or to go back and patch a, a chip and seal road or what have you. But there's a number of entities that you can, that bring third party in. So that's, right. that's what we do. I mean, it's the, the people that, that uh, pave our roads is we've, we've got two or three contractors that we know do a good job, um, put in a nice uh, surface. They do it right. And we have two or three to keep each one honest. Um, and so it, it not only provides for a good product, but it also supports the community in that, in that we're, we're using local subcontractors who are doing the work and that money flows back through the community, which provides jobs, which provides money, who people need houses, who buy our houses. So it's a big circle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. So if we have a listener, uh, let's say that's a landowner that, or maybe, um, a family estate or, um, grandkids, Mm -hmm. And they are considering um, subdividing a track of land in Jack County. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how do they get in contact with you? What's the best way? How do they get started in the conversations of, hey, uh, is this, we don't know how to get started. We don't know what to do. Tim, how do we, how do we make this happen? Yeah, well, I'm. I'm easy to get a hold of. I'm happy, happy to give them a, a phone number or an email, or uh, we've got a website that's really not much of a website, but it's uh, um, our our little company is BB like boy boy um, igloo Paul Texas dot com. So it's BBIP Texas dot com. Uh, but probably the easiest way is to call me. I'm easy. My phone number is eight one seven four eight zero seven two seven zero. Happy to, to talk with folks. Um, always like meeting people and, and or if they have questions about the development or this particular project or they're interested in doing something on their own. That's kind of what I like doing. Sure. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I, I, I promise you if you'll take just a few minutes and sit down and, and, and get to know you, I think that you'll find that extremely honest, extremely open up your, um, your willingness to share your information um, you know, m- not everybody's that way. And so, uh, you really are. I, 
I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty decent judge of character, or else we wouldn't be having this conversation being podcast. But uh, I do appreciate your willingness to work with our community and then our listeners as well. And because we want the very best for Jack County and we want that vision to be expanded, but also controlled and done in the right way. And I, I definitely think you're the person to do that. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. And I greatly appreciate it. And uh, it's been a pleasure uh, working with you and all your folks here. And uh, I'm hoping after the podcast, maybe I'll even get one of those pieces of candy you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the secret's out. <laughs> Top left corner Top of the desk drawer. Yeah, we got some good. <laughs> I, I kind of got a gummy thing. So, by the yeah. way, I like gummies. And whenever I found the Rudolph and the Santa Claus gummies, uh-huh. that was a go-to. That was it, huh? Yeah, I've, I've tasted them <laughs> a little bit. So, well, uh, Grampy, is that right? Grampy? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations again. I Thank know you. you're excited and eager to go out to Faith Community Hospital and to uh, see that new uh, Abigail, mm-hmm. Abby, and uh, check on your daughter and your son-in-law, Jonathan, and make sure they're doing well. Yeah. And, uh, hey, if you're listening to us on uh, Get the Facts, Jack, go ahead and download, subscribe. We are on Apple Pods, um, Google Pod, Spotify. I had somebody tell me they really liked to listen or prefer to listen to us on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought the majority of our listeners come from uh, iPod or podcast Mm -hmm. Podcast. or Apple-based type programs. But, you know, uh, hey, take just a few minutes and push like and do that. And uh, we've got over 26-plus episodes. Episodes. And so we'll continue to bring you good information. Yeah. Tim, thanks so very much for being here today. I appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. If you get an opportunity, listeners, uh, go down to the southeast part of Jack County. It is Double B Ranch Estates. Uh, Tim, you're in the process of doing some of the dirt work now? Yes, we're at the very beginning stages, so we're clearing right-of-ways as we speak and uh, probably start road construction in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Feel free to come down, take a shout, take a look around, and – it will probably have a sign going up in the next couple of weeks so you can actually find it. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, right out there between 2210 and DPS Tower. There may there be family members or, or moms or dads that are looking for that 10-acre to 30-acre track of land. Yes, yes. And so this is a very desirable uh, – Commissioner Francis says it's probably one of the prettiest track of land – I hear that there's some substantial post oak trees on oh, there that just it, make it beautiful. It, it has. This, this truly is. I, I mean, we've had the opportunity to work on some nice tracks, but this is one of the prettier tracks I've ever set foot on. I mean, it's it's covered from one end to the other with big oaks and a bunch of them. Uh, it's got five t- tanks. One of them is absolutely huge. Um, wow. So it's 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 a special property. Absolutely, I love it. I love it very much. Again, thanks for being our guest today on Get the Facts, Jack, and congratulations. Grampy. Thank you. I love it. Here we go. Number five. Number five.